as Wilson throws, and he's got a first down. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end wow. zone, and he drops it in beautifully, and it is his... podcast i'm your host freddie ham and we are without maddie jane this episode she'll be back with us later on this week wanted to send everyone her love but she'll be back talking to y'all real soon i'm here to bring you a very special episode coming out the bye week obviously we didn't play over the weekend maddie jane and i took part in a crossover podcast with burgundy zone if you haven't checked that out go check that out as well but this week we have a very very special guest on the show and that is mr adam aniba of the burgundy and gold report and we're going to talk about the big question that's going to be looming over us all season and that is quarterback specifically what are we going to do about quarterback come this offseason what's up adam Hey, man, thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Been wanting to get you back on. So we're in midseason. We're right here in the middle of it. We're 2-5, and five, but we're right in the thick of things. <laughs> Crazy, huh? Would you have thought that at the beginning of the season? No, I, I definitely thought, it, you know, Philadelphia and Dallas would probably pull away. You know, no, nobody's pulling away yet. So it's as crazy as it is, it's wide open. And right now, Washington's playing the best ball. So, you know. Well, I wanted to take this time, you know, since uh, obviously there was no game this past weekend. There were some really good games on TV, and, and, and I caught a few. So what I wanted to talk about uh, with you this week was I wanted to get into, uh, you know, the big question, and, and, and Maddie Jane's brought it up a bunch. I've brought it up some. Uh, we're going to be talking about it the whole rest of the season. We're going to be talking about it in the off season. Uh, for decades and decades and decades. Whenever myself or Maddie Jane have a question about what's up with, uh, you know, who's coming up, the, you know, the college, and you do such a good job and you take such a deep dive with the small schools too, which is also what I love about you, which is what makes your content so great and so unique, is uh, I wanted to specifically go over, you know, QB prospects and, and who we might be looking at. I think that we'll take a QB in the first round. Do you think we're going to draft a QB first round come this offseason? I think the way it's shaping up now you have so many teams that are like battling for like the top five picks and i think most of those teams will go for the quarterbacks the way it's shaping out right now i think washington like i said i think envision them going six seven wins so that probably puts them out of you know a couple of the premier guys but i don't think after lawrence is clear cut as everybody thinks so i think you could see up to you know i'm looking right now up to three maybe four going the you know the whole first round but I think Washington probably be wiser to go you know the left tackle route but I think in my opinion it is the sexiest pick is, is the wide receiver because I just think there's some really dynamic guys coming out and you know regardless who your quarterback of the future is I still think you got to have a bridge quarterback next year but if you can get somebody to come in and be that you know piece next to Terry McLaurin I think you can afford to try to find a guy in the second or third round and you know as we'll probably discuss you know there's some guys that I like 
a little later on that I think are really good value picks. Well, and my question speaking to that is how deep do you really think that this draft is going to be at quarterback? And lots of quarterbacks are overdrafted. It's probably the most overdrafted position just simply because it is the hot commodity. It's the most important position in the NFL. And you can talk yourself into drafting a quarterback high, even though maybe their talent level isn't there because you know you can't wait and you don't have the luxury of picking them up in the second, third round, and so forth. So my question is, you know, if we decide to go offensive tackle or maybe wide receiver in the first, do you think that there's going to be a lot of viable options there in the second and third? And then also, you know, the other thing is the teams that don't have to pick a quarterback in the first, I want to know kind of what you think about that as far as draft strategy. We talk a lot about what players might be available where, but once you get to the draft, you know, a lot of that really goes out the window. You look at the scenario with the, with the draft with Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat. I find it really hard to believe, you know, left tackle seems that that's a likely position. But I think if your premier guy is going to be off the board, I think that's most likely going to be where Washington falls. I think a premier receiver is going to be something attractive. Therefore, when you get in the later start stages of round one, if there's some other guys out there, you know, like a, a Zach Wood, Wilson that is starting to rise up boards from you know a second third round to maybe you know a fringe first round you can make moves like that right now it stand, as it stands they have two third round picks after the Trent Williams trade and you know I'm I'm hoping we're going to see some moves I'm hoping we're going to see them be sellers a little bit but you know stop getting another fourth round pick you know another fifth round pick that's the kind of ammo that they can use to maybe move up so I think you know a successful draft for them would be grabbing you know a receiver and quarterback in the first round and, you know, solidifying at least that those slots right there, because like I said, regardless of what happens, if you don't have Lawrence, I think you need a bridge quarterback. That's my opinion from what I've seen so far. And I think you go into free agency and you bring a guy in here for two, three years. So you have a situation where it's a, a quarterback can walk in and not have to play on day one. There's probably not look to play on day one, considering that. Rivera keeps pushing the whole rebuilding narrative, draft a young quarterback and let him sit behind somebody for a year and have plans to him compete the following year. I just think that's the way to do it. And I think a lot of people have written, you know, this regime off already a little too early. And all I've say to them is it's the early process. It's baby steps. A lot of mistakes have been made, but there's definitely been positive. So I think, you know, with Kyle, Kyle Smith going into this draft now is the head of pro scouting and a rookie scouting. I think that they have an opportunity to get really good between now and, and next year. And I think it's going to start with them starting developing quarterbacks. So I'm glad that you brought up Trevor Lawrence. And I want to start right there because Trevor Lawrence is the clear cut number one pick. First off, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Is he deserving of that? which I believe he is. <laughs> is it a situation, because the way that you're kind of talking and the vibe that I'm getting from you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I almost feel like you got you got Trevor Lawrence and then you got everybody else. Well, that's the thing. It's it's that early on the process, so I'm not sure. naive to think that, you know, it's going to be him and nobody else. It's just that early on. But, you know, in Trevor Lawrence's case, this is a guy that, you know, he dominated on the highest level of college football. As a freshman. As a freshman. And not only did you know, he just continued to stack those numbers. He can literally sit on what he's done so far, and he's going to be the number one over a guy. If it's, if it's going to be the Jets, if it's going to be somebody else, he's a guy that I don't say this about many players. I say this about Chase Young. said this, you know, about Burrow, I was even hesitant to say. But with um, Trevor Lawrence, I feel comfortable out of all the guys I watch right now for him to start from day one. I think that he's a guy that, you know, his pocket awareness alone, his ability to, you know, play on the move. He's not labeled as a dual threat, 
but that's exactly what he can be if you need him to be that. So I just, right now, I think he's number one. I find it really hard to believe that anyone's going to jump that slot. So it is him and the rest, but the rest could be somebody that follows, you know, a pick or two later, depending on, you know, the, the needy teams, you know, what kind of systems they're running. Because one thing that I've looked at after Trevor Lawrence, you know, you talk about Justin Fields, you know, you talk about Lance from North Dakota State, you know, talk about a lot of other guys out there. Those guys are going to have to be in a system-friendly situation early on to get the best out of them. And it's not a knock on their intelligence and what about their absorb. It's getting the best out of them early on. Because I feel like a lot of teams try to force-feed some of these guys that have just tremendous athletic ability. And there's a couple of guys that I think that can be really good. It's just they really have problems reading defenses. They just take... Their progressions take too long, and I think when you throw those you know, guys in the NFL too early on, they're going to have issues. But Trevor Lawrence is the guy that I'm already seeing him you know, look off safeties. You know, A lot of stuff that he's doing I just think can't be taught. So you know, to me, he, he's, he's the plug and play right now. So I'm glad that you brought up uh, both Justin Fields and Trey Lance. There are some names that have been coming up big time. A lot of Washington fans have been talking about, oh gosh, uh, we can't draft another Ohio State quarterback. And then there's the knock on all the Ohio State quarterbacks, not just Haskins. And then Trey Lance being from North Dakota State, having success, but also having limited experience. And then people worrying about like, well, you know, we've seen this before. That's, that's, that was the issue with Haskins. Real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on both Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Start with Lance. Lance is a guy that I really, really like. As far as projection to the next level, I like him too. I you know, like other too. other than Lawrence, Maddie Jane, Maddie Jane is big on Trey Lance actually. Other than Lawrence, right now, I think he's definitely not a plug and play guy, ready to go. But I think he's the kind of guy he's gonna run around just like Russell Wilson, and he's gonna make plays happen when he doesn't have anything there. He's got to learn to you know take what he has. But man, the guys share athletic ability. You know, I know taking on tackles and lowering his shoulder that's not gonna fly. That wouldn't even fly in the SEC, let alone the NFL. But it's just some of the raw intangibles that I see from him. It's just you know a quick compact release. It's kind of like a Kyler Murray. When I'm looking at him, I'm seeing that Kyler Murray esque Wilson. Just that, you know, ability to stay low in the pocket. I just really like what he's what I saw from him. And with Fields, one thing I like about Fields is he's a gamer. Similar to Lance, they had really good night, you know, 2019 seasons. Justin Fields had, you know, a, even a better, you know, an amazing. Only three interceptions, 41 touchdowns. So I really like what he does. But similar to Lance, what I wonder is, you know, based on their system, it's hard to really, unless I, you know, sit down with coaches and interview players, what exactly are they asking their quarterbacks to do? Is it li- a limited offense um, asking the quarterback to, you know, really do only a few things? And I wonder the same thing with Lance. So as of right now, I really like both of their ability to, you know, stretch the plays, um, you know, make plays on the run. But, you know, one thing that's underrated about the two that I think, a lot of people don't talk about is their, you know, under the radar accuracy. You know, they they're able to fit the ball in tight windows, and I think they'll be able to continue that on the next level. I don't think that these guys that we're talking about are flashing the pans. I think they're really good athletes, and I think what we're seeing in the NFL these days is a big problem. Washington is, you know, one of the, you know, biggest, you know, uh, criminals of the whole situation is they get a quarterback and they try to force feed him into a situation that's nowhere near what they're used to. But I think if you're not ready to adjust what you want to call for a quarterback that you're taking in the top 25 picks, I think you're wasting the pick. I think the old, you know, adage of, you know, you, you, you come to play and you do what coach says and this and that, you know, that's great. 
But in this modern day NFL, this is a business. And these guys want to make a name for themselves, too. So I think you have to be realistic as coaches and not be naive just to, you know, bring it home. I think these guys are two guys that I think can really have great success in the NFL. We've covered Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. We're going to move on from them, but there was one last thing I wanted to ask specifically about those three. Trevor Lawrence, I know what you're going to say, but Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance, can they make all the throws? I think Trevor Lawrence can. The other guys, I'm still on the fence. I've seen about full season of Trevor Lawrence and all of Justin Fields' 2019, and I saw all of uh, Lance's 2019. So right now, Fields and Lawrence, they still can build on what they did you know Lance he's done for the until for the NFL draft so I'll say with Lance I think that right now no he can't make all the throws I I like what he can do and I think he has the ceiling to be that kind of player but right now Justin Fields he's not there either Trevor Lawrence yeah I I think right now he can make all the throws okay so Trevor Lawrence can make all the throws Justin Fields Trey Lance the the jury's kind of still out I want to talk to you about a guy that we haven't talked about uh yet might creep into the first round and who I think can definitely make all the throws and that's uh Zach Wilson out of BYU and I'll tell you the more I watch him you know good athlete you know throws you know a crisp back shoulder route um sells the play action effectively sucks coverage and you know very cool under pressure I never saw him rattled in and so far I've seen like six uh eight games on him and I I just really love what I see from him and you're talking about how can he make all the throws right now just from what I see from him he looks like that kind of prospect I think he'll probably be one of the biggest risers that's why when I say you know after Lawrence who's QB 2-3 that that could be based on team preference that could be based on you know who looks the best but I think if you're just looking for that right now one of those all-around prospects can make all the throws and probably has you know the best instincts, uh, you know, next to Lawrence that I've seen so far, it's it's definitely Zach Wilson. So I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do during the draft process. I haven't been uh, watching tape, watching film, but I've been watching highlights, <laughs> and, and I love what I see in, in his highlights. And man, yeah, he's he's got an arm. He's he's accurate. You can see it, his pocket presence. And, and something uh, else with with this, with Zach Wilson, and you know, he could shoot up draft boards. And I like that you brought up team preference. There is something that I think you know it it could possibly work in our favor come draft time. Is that a lot of teams who are habitually picking high, and and Maddie Jane and I talked about fans that want us to tank and want us to lose so that we can draft high and and I, I made the point to say that bad teams draft high teams that are able to sustain success and play well if you think about uh, the Seattle Seahawks the New England Patriots the Pittsburgh Steelers so on and so forth they have not picked high in the first round in a decade but they're year in and year out the cream of their divisions when you have these teams these bad teams picking early I feel like especially at quarterback teams can talk themselves into picking a guy who they're enamored with especially with quarterback when it's athleticism or even just uh, a, a name you know we talk about the RG3 thing you know, you know what I mean a little bit of the RG3-ism or, or even uh, to the um, Jamarcus Russell type of thing. Uh, what it comes down to is, you know, they feel like a lot of what enamors these uh, some of these guys, and I don't know how some of these guys have jobs, to be honest with you, working for these NFL. I don't know how Dave Gettleman has a job. I really don't. What I'm hoping happens is that there are some teams who talk themselves into drafting a Justin Fields, drafting a, a Trey Lance, and that we're able to get a guy like Zach Wilson. I feel like there's a lot of fans in Washington who are who are on that boat, but I also feel like it's one of those things where, you know, 
Zach Wilson's not a secret. If he was, we wouldn't be talking about him right now. So that that concerns me as well, why I wanted to specifically talk about the depth of quarterback in the draft. So aside from Zach Wilson, is there anybody else that you think would be available later on in the draft uh, that you like? I'll tell you, a guy that I really liked, I've just been watching more film on him today, is uh, this kid from Cincinnati named uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, 6'4", 215, uh, redshirt junior. He's one of those dual-threat options, but I'm telling you, you know, when if you ever watch Kyle... Murray, one thing you notice after he has you know that nice 15 yard run is that nice crisp slide. That's one thing that Desmond, Desmond uh, did, and I just really jumped out to me. So it got me, you know, want me see some more. So I just you know popping on some of his tape, and, and man, the kid's just a gamer. You know, he can take a little too long in his windup, but you know, based on a lot of what they run, like a lot of zone read power. Um, but man, he just has a lot of accuracy. But if the pocket break down, he can take off and, you know, he's that guy that's going to get, you you know, 50 yards in a heartbeat. So he's one of these, you know, right now, I think a lot of the scouts have him, you know, in the late second, all the way to fourth round range. To, you know, I think they're looking to see how he's going to do for the rest of the year. You know, this is a guy that he's had back to back 18 in 2019, over 2,200 yards, over uh, 20 touchdowns each of the year. So I think he's got the production. The question is, you know, how much can he do from here on out? But he's a guy that I like is one of those fringe guys maybe on that third round that could be available. But uh, right now, I don't know if he's going to be a guy you start your franchise with. But as far as a guy I like his game and really can translate into innovative spread zone read kind of, uh, you know, offensive concept, I, I really like this kid. So I wanted to ask you uh, specifically because we're talking about who might be available later on and, and all that kind of thing. And I, I wanted to, to get your thoughts, what you think about you're of the school of thought. You you really would like us, uh, I think, to go O-line or to go wide receiver because those are two really, really big positions of need. And once we do get our guy, he's going to need that. Like, let's say Coach Rivera, Kyle Smith decide that Justin Fields or Trey Lance is their guy. Do you go and get your guy if that's their guy? It depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about <clears throat> if they have to get up in the ten, you know, in the top ten, if if that's where they are, you could argue at least ten to fifteen guys after Lawrence that deserve to go in front of any other quarterbacks, even based on team needs. Just some of the guys that they have out there, it, it's not cut and dry. So I think that the quarterbacks, like I said, it's going to be about teams with need. Like you said, there's always going to be those teams, and I think you'll see teams jump up and get their guys. I don't think you're going to see Rivera aggressive like that. Just from his track record, he's not really a guy that I think is going to jump up to get that guy. I think they'll let the board come to them. But I think they will get a quarterback at some point. I just don't think with the way it's going right now that it's going to be, you know, a Lawrence or a Fields, you know, or probably even a Lance is probably a reach at this point. So I think if you look, you'll see even a lot of the mock drafts out there that are talking about Zach Wilson to Washington, you know, a lot of people say somewhere between to the 10 to 15 range. And I think that that's definitely possible. He definitely fits the mold of somebody what Rivera would like. I think that, you know, he's very you know, system friendly for Turner. So it all depends what happens at free agency. They're going to have they're going to have money to work with. You know, they're going to move on from Alex Smith. You know, that's going to be they'll take a little bit of a hit on that. But I think you a quarterback is imperative for sure. But the wide, like I said, the wide receivers are really good in this draft too. So I'm really hoping, like I said, 
maybe we'll see some moves in the next day and they can pick up an extra, you know, mid round pick because those little picks, those add up, you know, for ammunition if you want to jump back into the first round. And the way that I want to wrap up uh, our whole quarterback conversation, and I'm going to skip Trevor Lawrence because we've already established he's in a class all his own, but uh, I'm going to hit you with the, with a rapid fire real quick. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hit you with the quarterback and I want you just to hit me with the best part of his game and the part of his game that needs the most work. First off, Justin Fields, best part of his game. Uh, the best part of his game is, you know, his, his dual threat ability and, you know, just to make plays, not just scrambling yards, but, you know, making throws off the run. Um, right now, um, it's his slow release and his footwork is choppy. That, that is a concern for me. OSU quarterbacks, man. All right, Trey Lance. Right now, I think his, he's a playmaker. He's just a gamer. So to me, regardless how he does in the whole offseason process, that's going to mean a lot to scouts and maybe even a lot to fans. But, I, you know, from the 2019 film, I, I saw what I needed to see. And I think he, although he needs he has room to develop to develop, um, you know, he is just great at extending plays. And I think I really look at someone like Murray, a combination of Murray and Wilson when I look at him. So I just see him with such a high ceiling that right now, his limited experience, just that, you know, the 2019 season and that one showcase game they had um, a couple weeks ago, that to me is his biggest con um, as far as, um, you know, knocks on him. At that the was kind of what least. I was thinking, too. Like with Trey Lance, the knock isn't even so much his game. It's a level of competition that he faced. For real. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, All right. That and, too, uh, yeah. So we're going to go right down the line. Uh, my guy, Zach Wilson. He's just a guy that he's a, you know, think as far as athletic ability you know, make a move in the pocket and just bend his body. And like I said earlier, you know, his ability to throw that, you know, crisp back shoulder fade. I just, I haven't seen many other quarterbacks do that besides Lawrence. You know, I have seen fields and a lot of them flash on film, but consistently from what I've seen on the tape, just the way he moves his body, you can tell he's not afraid to get hit. Even though that pressure is right in his face, those arms are up. He's still putting that ball on a rope. So, you know, he's somebody that, I think has the highest ceiling and you it's not just me. You're going to hear a lot of evaluators. So he's probably going to have be, have the highest riser in the draft. Um, but his biggest con right now is his body mass, you know, at uh, six foot three two ten, he's small. He, he needs to put in at least, you know, 15 pounds during the draft process. But, um, to me, he, he's got the biggest to gain from, you know, playing the, the rest of the season out. All right. And a name I haven't brought up yet, but I need to bring him up. Uh, Kyle Trask out of Florida. <laughs> he's, he's next on my list. Yeah. Um, I really like him in a quick game. That, that, that's what I like him in. So he is a true, true system quarterback. Um, okay. They keep him in the pistol formation a lot. They use him RPO. So he's diverse when it comes to those kind of things. Um, but no high school starts until, um, was it, uh, at all in high school. Um, he didn't play until early 2019 for the first time. You want to talk about lack of experience. That's really concerning to me. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things I can, you know, beat up his game right now. Sloppy footwork, you know, odd release point, you know, too often throws off his back foot. Sounds like a project to me. He's, he's a project to me. Yeah. He's not someone in first, first year or two that you're even considering him being a starter. This is a guy that you're bringing in, with a solid QB, a solid backup QB, and you're bringing him in to develop him. That's he's just right now. It's just like we talk about. You want know, to talk about Lance, but this guy, his production is even less because at least Lance was playing, you know, football in high school. A lot of these guys that are coming straight from that being backups, 
man, to me that that's a big knock on him as far as you know ceiling right now. Because if he, I think he has another year of eligibility. I'd be surprised if Trask comes out. Is there anybody that uh, that we haven't brought up or that I haven't brought up to, is on your radar at all? This is a real sleeper. Uh, well, at one point he was actually an Alabama recruit. He actually played behind uh, Tua and Jalen Hurts in uh, 2018. Uh, his name is Lane Hatcher, but he's small, uh, you know, six foot 196. He's just a tiny dynamo, but Ooh. you know, he um, originally decommitted from Arkansas State, went to Alabama, you know, like I said, he was behind two and Jalen Hurts, then went back to Arkansas State, and man, this kid put up over 15,000 yards in high school, over 185 touchdown. He's a dual threat, um, but again, he, he he's a project. But uh, as far as right now, early on, on the small school level, you know, uh, Lance aside, because he's starting to be not really considered a small school. Um, Lane Hatcher, if he does de- uh, decide to uh, go to the, declare for the draft and not come back, uh, you know, he's definitely uh, a small school sleeper I really like. So to wrap this whole thing up, uh, I'm going to give you my top four, okay? And uh, I'm going to see how it matches up with your top four. So this is my top four right now as a Washington football fan and as a dude who is not a talent evaluator. For me, it's Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. With, with Right now, for the way it stands, and even that, that order, that's why I have them right now. Right on. Yeah, hey, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> <laughs> but Wilson, I think, in my opinion, when all is said and done, I, th- I think Wilson's going to be, in my for me, I don't know about other teams in the NFL, but he's going to be the second highest rated when it's all said and done because I think he's just going to continue to you know put better tape out there, and I think scouts are going to fall in love with him. All right, so great stuff, great stuff. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to take this deep dive into into quarterback so, uh, so, so early, you know, midway through the season. Um, it's definitely going to be really, really interesting interesting i know i'm gonna be really really excited when i get to start doing you know my 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 mock drafts and stuff uh i don't think maddie jane and i are gonna have an ht we are big board or anything like that uh, we might have an ht we are chalkboard but not a big board <laughs> uh, but anyway um i did want to so we we do have a game coming up this weekend uh, quick turnaround we're gonna play uh, the new york giants again which i'm really really looking forward to i talked about it with uh with kyle on, on of the burgundy zone on his podcast talking about how i really feel like this team is in prime position to go out there and dominate this Giants team. But I wanted to talk about uh, something. You know, the defense is really starting to come on, and uh, we know that uh, the Troy Apke experiment is done, which is great. But I wanted to ask you about uh, this offense, and then specifically, you know, a lot of people have been really critical of Scott Turner. Uh, us included have been very critical of Scott Turner. I thought he called his best game against the uh, Cowboys, and I want to hear your thoughts on what's been going on with this offense and, and how the play calling has contributed to or taken away from uh, this offense's success yeah you know I think against the Giants he started making better calls especially in the second half you know we just started seeing you know a little more innovation from him and then with the Giants I mean excuse me with the Cowboys it continued I think with you know his gap running scheme it really translated to more success with with the Cowboys because up front the Cowboys were clearly weakened you know of course the narrative is if they were the worst defense in football okay but they're still an NFL team and a team that was, you know, had a stagnant run game. They really got it going with Gibson. And for me, I'm a guy that I love Gibson. I've been waiting for this type of game. Again, I want to see him more involved in the passing game. But to see him have this kind of game um, against Dallas was just even sweeter. And I think against the Giants, I think they're definitely going to come in with no momentum. I think they'll they'll be able to dictate a lot on the ground. I think the Giants actually going to be a bigger challenge as far as, you know, trying to run the ball on them. 
But I think we'll see a lot more, you know, out of the zone read, uh, a lot more of the play action this week. And I think, you know, we'll see them, you know, maybe mix it up a little more. I think that, you know, Cam Sims showed a little bit on, on you know, his deep routes last week, a couple weeks ago. And I think that, you know, they have some weapons that can really stretch the field. But they Turner just needs to continue to be innovative and, and just call a good game. A lot of this clock management stuff has really been hurting them a lot. If they can avoid a lot of those issues, I think they can beat the Giants. And I think they can, you know, for the next couple of weeks, I think they can come out of this next uh, four-game stretch, you know, three and one. And if they can do that, they definitely have a good chance. But Turner, really, he's just really got to keep it tight. And he's got to call, continue to call, uh, you know, a good game and utilize his playmakers. Yeah, we've been talking offense, offense, offense. I think this defense is on the ups especially with, um, you know, with the way that uh, Del Rio is uh, switching his personnel around and, you know, what we're going to have. Uh, I think we're going to have much, much, much better safety play. I really like uh, Cameron Curl, and uh, I think he's, he's going to be starting at strong safety along with, the, I think, DeShazer Everett's going to be playing free. Cole Holcomb in, in the middle, I mean, Gosh, we I was so high on on Cole Holcomb last year, and um, just just love what what he's turning into. I think that the defense is is really 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 growing and really hitting their stride, and I think it's happening at j- just the perfect time. Yeah, you know, Cole he's a guy. I just wrote an article about last week that I think he is really cementing his spot on the team. I was concerned that he was going to go to IR with, you know, the nag and knee injury. It just didn't seem to be, you know, getting better. He was always in the practice field, always giving a go, but I thought it was inevitable he'd go to IR. But, you know, then he just comes out with these performances, you know, you know, screw competition. You know, he's looked yeah. like an animal out there. You know what it is, Adam? It's the Brian Bosworth haircut. It's where he's deriving this energy from. <laughs> That's what I've been like. I don't know. You know, probably some of the old, older fans would know and remember. But I mean, I, I don't know. Just he's 55 with a mullet. That's Brian Bosworth all the way or the Boz for those of you who know. I never, I never, I never forget when Bo, when Bo Jackson ran him over in, in that Seattle game. That that was that was awesome. But I think that Cole Holcomb is really he's drawn from something because just the way he was. You know, we're not talk about Dallas aside. It was Zeke Elliott, and you know. On multiple times, he ran him over for that sack, and then on that interception, oh, he was all over him. He was great coverage. You know, they refs couldn't have thrown a flag if they wanted to with such great coverage. So let's keep in mind, it's who he was matched up against. I think, you know, what I wrote about in my last article, none of our linebackers have been uh, able to cover any legit running back or tight end. But I think if he continues his ascension, I think they have that in Holcomb. You know, I think he went up from 63% to 65% the last game after not playing at all all year. That says a lot about him. It's mullet season here in Washington, and we're bringing that energy with us against the New York Giants. We're going to get that dub. You with me, Adam? Yes, I am, sir. Let's go. All right. All right. Thank you so much for joining me this week, man. Really, really appreciate it. You take it easy. All right, bro? Take it easy, man. So that's going to do it for this episode. We're looking forward to getting that dub this coming weekend. We're going to be back at you again later on in the week, and we're going to have our girl Maddie Jane back with us. Until next time, we hail together is what we do. We are. HT, we are. Peace.